welcome to the front porch and to our new segment. This new segment, it's, it's, it's called, I call this new segment All Booked Up. And so people can guess what's going on. We discuss, you know, books, books that we have read, books that we are currently reading, and we discuss sometimes books that we, we want to read. So I'm Lewis Love, and today I'm so glad to be joined by one of my dear sisters and favorite people to discuss her new book, Literarily, How Understanding Bible Genres Transforms Bible Study, which will drop March 1st. None other than, you guessed it, Sister Christy Anya Bwili. What up, my sister? Hey, what's up? Thank you so much. This is already fun <laughs> to be up here chatting with you about books. See, and, and, and another book. This, 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 oh my goodness. We're going to, we're going to get to your book. We are, yeah. we really are. But I need to, I need to apologize to you first of all, right? Because the last book that you edited, I don't know how I missed that. I don't know how I missed the book on Psalm 119. Yeah. You edited it. My wife wrote a chapter in it. And it somehow, I, anyway. I'm not going to tell Sister Jamie. <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you tell her. Please, please don't tell her. But I, I don't know how, I don't know what happened. And yeah. then I looked up and then I, I noticed that, yes, my man T came in and you guys did a video yeah. uh, talk on the book. So that kind of, kind of covered the front yeah. porch in yeah. our slacking. Yeah. It must have been a we rough season. We got it in there. So it's we okay. got it in there. But I'm like, yeah. I'm not missing this one because this is one of my favorite subjects anyway of late. Yeah. Uh, Christy. Uh, but before 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 I get to your book, though, I, I got I have to ask you some other questions that are that, that are totally unrelated. OK. Sounds they good. got nothing to do with your book. OK. But with you. But with all you. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we're on the front porch. Right. And we, we're on the porch. We talk about all kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I know you said years ago that you guys had a carport. Yeah, we did. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's your front porch. Exactly. While y'all was braiding hair and snapping peas or beans that's or it. something. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so we talk about anything. I, I'm going to get some 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 things I've never asked you before. And I'm going to mm -hmm. see if uh, if if um, if other folks know these things about you. Uh, so we'll so we'll get to, to your book. But let me ask you this, because I didn't know this. I peeped it when you when you came to our house for the conferences and we didn't have any uh, tartar sauce. And, <laughs> yeah. and you said, that's OK. Do you got a little of this, a little of that, a little of this? And you whipped it up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, sister, know her way around the kitchen. <laughs> a little and then bit. I came to your would you say, Christy? A little bit. OK, OK. Right. Modesty. That's good. That's good. Then I came to your house. And uh, yeah, I hear justice. I hear that's justice, y'all. That's is. justice. <laughs> that's the new. Uh, that's the new pet. How long have you guys had justice? We've had justice is our pandemic puppy. So we've had him since uh, August of 2020. Okay. Uh, he was born in June. We got him the end of August. Oh, so. he's just still a puppy. He's just still yeah, a puppy. Yeah, he's still a puppy. Yeah. He'll be two this summer. Okay. So that yeah. little that little that little whining you guys hear maybe a bark that's that's just justice. He's joining us on the porches as yes. well because you know the porches the dogs can come on the porch. The dogs sit on the porch. They, they do. do. They chill. They, <laughs> they chill, chill like 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 we do. So so let yeah. me ask you this, Christy, and and this this is the background for my question. Um, what's your because Christy? By the way, Christy, y'all can cook. 
Now, I know some of y'all have seen that with some of those pictures that they put out there on Twitter sometime of some of those fabulous meals that she makes. And I want to tell you guys, from firsthand experience, they taste even better than they look. I want y'all to know that. Sister can handle uh-huh. herself in the kitchen. Right. I, that's just amazing. Brother Luke, so, if, you, if you wanted a meal, all you had to do was ask, you know, <laughs> you know, I I'm, got just, you. I'm just speaking the truth. I'll speak truth and love. <laughs> so, Chrissy, what what is what is your favorite meal to prepare? And I'm asking because my mother was a good cook. My mom was a good cook. And and but I and I would hang around the kitchen sometime. I would watch her. And sometimes when mom's cooking certain items she's a smile on her face man oh, she yeah. is into that thing and then jamie is a good cook yes so when jamie is yeah. handling the dressing everybody's quiet yeah right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 a work of art and, yeah. and she's into that and she's smart <laughs> so what 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 is your favorite meal that gets brings a smile when you're throwing it down Man, that is the so many of them. question to answer because I do love to cook and I do love to eat and I like all of it. Like I, you know, some people like to bake, some people like to cook. I like to bake. I like to cook pretty much all of it. Uh, I'll tell you a favorite historically has been, uh, we call it, we call it um, yummy chicken. <laughs> when the kids were little, we, I don't know, somehow we named it yummy chicken. But it's basically you take uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast and you flatten it and then you batter it in like, you know, egg and flour and breadcrumbs. And then you saute it on a pan. Then, Brother Lou, then you get some uh, a can of tomatoes and a jar of roasted red peppers and you make a roasted red pepper sauce to go on the chicken. Yeah, and then we would get some orzo pasta, and I would make some orzo pasta and put the chicken on the pasta and then mm. put the sauce over the chicken in the pasta. That's a good meal. Okay, yes. okay, so, so And so, that yeah. makes me happy. You, <laughs> told me to add, you told me that all I need to do to add, so when we come, yummy chicken going to yeah. be on the menu, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and usually, whenever we would invite someone over for dinner for the first time, more than likely they would get yummy chicken. That was always like, you know, the meal for first time guests. You're not wow. a first time guest, but if we haven't made yummy chicken for you, we need I, to make I don't remember, Christy, yeah. I don't I I would have remembered that. Yeah. I would have remembered that. Yeah, yeah, we gotta fix that. Gotta fix gotta hook it up. Yeah. Yes. Y'all heard it right here on the front porch. <laughs> I get to DC, I'm getting roll. some yummy chicken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 uh, Christy. Quickly, as of late. As of late. The BD is going to hate that I say this, but I have an amazing Tuscan kale salad that I've been making like every week. And it is so amazingly good. He's so, eating it? He's eating it? No. Well, he will. He will. eat. Don't tell nobody, but he will eat it. Uh, he just doesn't eat a lot of it. And yeah, so I just, you know what I do? I just put it on his plate. Like I just fix his plate and then he'll eat it. Yeah. yeah, but then he com- then he says afterwards, you know, I don't like that stuff. But after you ate it, after you ate it, after you ate it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I won't mention to him. Yeah, but he might listen to this, but yeah. I won't mention that you slipping in this. I'll Tuscan- let him fix- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him fix it on the back end. But right now, you know, it's fine. But it's really delicious and it's super oh. easy and it lasts so- all week. 
if you make it when when we come again, if you make it, uh, I'll have some of that Tuscan yeah. kale. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make it with the yummy chicken. With the yummy chicken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we will. And T, because he's very hospitable, he won't mind right. you making it for us. Right? Exactly. <laughs> no, he would actually prefer that I make it for you. <laughs> right, right. So I have to eat it, not him. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, I like kale, so I'm yeah. good. <laughs> so, so Christy, I think that um, I think that we, um, I know I'm uh, we're we're a few years older than you guys. So okay. you represent a, a little bit of a different era than mm -hmm. us. So who are your two top favorite musical artists? It, mm -hmm. Band, it could be band, it could be solo, mm -hmm. singing group. <clears throat> Just your, yeah. your two top favorite entertainers. Top singing. Favorite ever? Ever. All time. I would know. Okay, you have to be ever. It could okay. you might just come? Might got some new ones in the last fifteen years, but you know. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I well, that's a little bit easier. I love. I mean, Whitney Houston. She's oh, just yes, amazing yes. range yes. voice. I mean, cannot be topped. Whitney Houston. Okay. Uh, and I also love right now Adele. Uh huh. I I really like Adele. I like her new album. Uh. I love her voice, and and then I like a good vocalist. So I like um, um, CC Winans. Wow! And her yeah, new classic. Album is so you've got you named two classics, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah <laughs> I love that. I like I like a good. I mean, I can listen to pretty much any music. I love country. I love jazz. I love to listen to classical. I don't know a lot about classical, but I enjoy listening to it. But I'll listen to say, pretty say that much again. You don't yeah. have to know a lot about it to enjoy listening to it, right? Yeah, no, I mean, but when someone that you like classical music, then they start asking you about yeah. genres within classical music, and I'm like, you know, Baroque or this or that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I just know. like it, right? <laughs> I just like how it sounds. <laughs> so you're you're the um, and this is the truth. You're you're the only second um, African American sister who I know that likes country and Western. The first one is Jamie. She oh, loves country and Western. I gotta talk you didn't know that, did you? No. You heard it first here, heard it first here on the porch, my sister. You heard it first here on the porch. Yeah. Jamie loves country. So when I discovered that about you, I think reading the book, I caught that. Yeah. I, I, I said, Jamie, Christy loves country and Western music too. I do. <laughs> okay, I can, I can see you guys when you hook up again. Got oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I share, her, I'll share my playlist with him. <laughs> You go. So, Christy, okay. Your favorite all-time movie? Mm. That's a hard one. I fall asleep on a lot of movies. So, <laughs> that was going to be kind of hard. Like, what did I stay awake for? Uh, okay, one movie that I really like, and I actually remember it, and I stayed awake for it, <laughs> watched it more than once, is, um, now I'm going to forget the name of it, Usual... The Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects. Yes, Kevin Spacey. That movie is really, really good. And it's a nice suspense kind of movie. It, so when what when was it it's out? Old school. It's old. Okay, so uh, so yeah. I'm certain that I'm certain that I fell asleep on it. I'm certain Jamie's seen it and I've fallen asleep on it. Right. I'm certain. I'm <laughs> so certain you like me. <laughs> crash it. Yeah, I, I can get in sometimes a good 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. After that, but it's like, what happened? <laughs> if if you if it's not a lot of action that's really keeping me going, you can almost guarantee I'm gonna take some kind of nap in the <laughs> during yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> usual suspects is mm. is it usual or unusual? Usual, the usual, usual suspects. Suspects. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. It is really good. I love that movie. I could watch it many times over. It's very simple. It keeps you until the very end. Like you won't realize exactly what you were supposed to understand until the end of the movie. So. Well, if it kept you awake, I'm sure it probably could keep me awake too. Yeah. I'll, I'll see it. I'll, I'll say, well, Kristen said it's a good movie. She actually saw the entire movie. I'll try it. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. So your favorite book from 2021. Ooh. What's been that book? book? 2021. Mm, I'm going to have to look at my Goodreads list. I I asked that, Christy, why you thinking about it? I asked that because when when we did visit you guys, I asked uh, you and Thabiti to put me on some good uh, American history books, mm-hmm. right? And you suggested The Warmth of Other Suns. Yes. It still is. And that was, I don't know how many years ago that was. It still is my favorite book of uh, all time. I've read yeah. many books yeah. since then. That is still my favorite book. It's an amazing book. It really yes, is. It is. So yes, it is. Everybody should read it. I totally yep. agree. Um, Let's see. Boy. You read a lot. Yeah, I do read a lot. I mean, I, I didn't read as most of what I read last year was related to um, the book that okay. just came okay. out. But you know what? I really enjoyed. I read it at the end of 2021. Okay. And these are recommended by my daughter, Afia, who reads like way more than I do. Yes. I but heard about I, her reading things. Yes. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending huh. things. It's fiction. Again, I like a good, you know, I like a good suspense movie or book. Uh-huh. That book, you won't exactly understand what's happening <laughs> while you're reading it, but you'll be so intrigued to keep going. And okay. then when it all comes to fruition, you're, yeah, it's, it's a satisfying read. Yeah. I just wrote. I just wrote it down. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking of ending of, things. <clears throat> of Another ending one, things. similar kind of, uh, similar kind of feel, but a totally different story is the uh-huh. Silent Patient. The Silent mm-hmm. Patient. That's another really good one. And you yeah. really enjoyed those in 2021. Okay. I enjoyed okay. those. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you one more. And that. Give me one I'll, more. See. Yeah. Give me one more. The Nickel Boys, Colson Whitehead. Uh, All of this in, stuff is good. I'm reading. That's in my um. That's in my list. It's in your list. Like you yeah. actually read it? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, Nickel Boys is good. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a tough read, but it's yeah. also a really good read. Um, but I'm reading Underground Railroad by him now. Just start, just starting that. My my sister in law is reading it. Yeah, and she's mm-hmm. yeah um. Yeah, she's she, of course she. Uh, J- this is Jamie. So, oh, you know her. Yeah. You you, uh, Alice, her her um, oldest living sister. So she's yeah. she's uh like she's in her late seventies. So she struggles. Now wow. she's a reader. She reads like four or five books a week. Mm, wow. But she, she every time we talk to her, uh, she goes, "Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling." She goes, "She's up and down." She she told us to That's read. That's amazing. To read it. Yeah, yeah, Jamie. She's Alice is a real. She's a reader. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, a lot. A lot of our books we uh, recommendations, especially fiction. Mm-hmm. She recommends to us. So yeah. I mean, yeah. So okay, Christy, my, my yeah. last one. This is a, I'll save this category for last because yeah. um, your husband is um, a jazz snob. Oh, and so he's kind of like one of those people right. where if you mention jazz, he wants you to know all about it, or she can't talk about it. I know. <laughs> That's so true. he ra- he raked me over the coals 
last time. I mentioned it to John O. So let me get a let me, let me context this thing for yeah. us. So I don't know a lot about jazz. I'm not asking because I'm a jazz expert. Yeah. I just like it. Yeah. I know when I hear it. I know what kind of jazz I like. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's all. And plus, I'm teasing Keith Plummer. <laughs> and I'm also this is a this is a jab uh, at him. It's a little jab. Right? I got it. Is, yeah. So he understands this jab. So do you like jazz, Christy? I love jazz. Yes. Hi. So I knew that before I asked because yeah. again, I've read the book. <laughs> I, do, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Y'all walk through y'all walk through through record stores and things, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that was like way back in the day when you could oh, when you could sample all the music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, spend hours listening to music. Yeah. Don't you miss that? I think That's they a- changed that rule because of us. <laughs> that right? Like y'all, y'all come in here and turn this into y'all little living room. A hundred percent. Mostly Thabiti. <laughs> so, contemporary or traditional classic? Traditional classic. classic. I do that yes. too. I do that too. <laughs> no. Not, so, instrument. Not so much into a lot of um, contemporary stuff. So, instrument. Is there a certain instrument? Is it a band or like trumpet, sax, piano? Yeah, I like a good, I like piano. So I like Cyrus Chestnut. He's probably a favorite on piano. Mm. Uh, but I also like vocalists. So I love Dinah Washington. Mm. Uh, Dinah Washington is my, my all-time favorite. Um, really? Yeah, she's okay. amazing. Dinah Jams, you have to listen to her album, CD. Well, you, you might have you might have saw me getting teased out there on um, on Twitter because and I should have said that we had Amazon Music, <laughs> but compared to Spotify, Spotify is a beast. Mm-hmm. And I just can't like, you know, I'm from the era too, Christy, where you would go into the store and get to sample the music because I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. To be buying a whole bunch of albums. And well, we in 45s. Right. Right. So if you had a 45, um, you were doing good. If you get an album, you were privileged. Oh, yeah. 100%. And so <laughs> I, I'm tripping out here on Spotify. There's, it's just limitless. I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, amazing. Yeah. So, I love Spotify. 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 <laughs> I have all my playlists up there. You know, my kids are up there. They shoot me music on Spotify. That's where I listen to most of my music. I do have Amazon Music and a couple of, but I mostly listen to Spotify. Well, you so, sure can share your share your playlist. You can share your country western stuff with Jay. I yeah, will. Yeah, she's good to <laughs> yeah. go. But All yeah, right. Dana Washington like, and is huh? my favorite vocalist, and also um, okay. Ella Fitzgerald because we share. I was go- we share I was her. going to ask you about Ella. I was going to ask you about her. I think we had a discussion one time. You did out there on out there somewhere and somebody was trying to compare Ella to, to Etta and, uh, and you're like, you can't do that. Mm-mm. I think you said, Oh no, 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 no. You can't <laughs> be comparing. That's, I mean, that, that's not even good to do. That's not, <laughs> no, that's not good to do. <laughs> that's like, in, 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 like with your book, right. That's like comparing, you know, Isaiah to Jeremiah. I know. Like the, you can't really yeah. can't do that. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're, I mean, they are, they are, they're, they're, they're books in their own right. Exactly. Right? And you have to yeah. hold it there. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. Yeah. I'm ahead or, of myself. Or Matthew to Mark. To, oh, Matthew to Mark. Yeah. Who does that? Right? Who does that? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. So Christy, my last, my last, my last, this, this, this is it. We're coming now to, um, to your book, yes. right? And I want you to know I received the package. 
with the Good. books in it. I got the package and uh, very nice. Uh, the, the the book cover is just, I like this. This is really nice. Y'all, y'all going to like this, this book cover. You're going to like it, right? And and a very nice mug. Yes. But here, but but so many people have been talking about that mug. They're they're like, where can I get more of these? <laughs> okay, well, it's caused some controversy, man, in my well, house. You know, it's Jamie's. But <laughs> you already know. <laughs> oh, I don't need to ask my question. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna save you that one. <laughs> okay, that, that's so, Jamie's. Now, I will ask my question anyway. I'll ask my question. I'll send you one. <laughs> yes. How does that work? How does that work? I, I, anyway, here's my, my question is this. Is it a mug or is it a teacup? It's a mug. It's a mug. It's a mug. So so that so, but it's still Jamie's though, right? It is Jamie's, yeah. <laughs> so give Jamie the mug. I'll give her. Here with a mug, and I'll expect you to be sending me one soon. <laughs> yeah. So, this book, Christy, literarily. Yes, sir. How understanding Bible genres transforms Bible study. Yes, sir. It will drop, people, I'll say it again, it's going to drop March 1st. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if, you know, I, I really recommend, I'm a Kindle user, mm. uh, but I recommend uh, you getting getting this book uh and uh a hard copy a of hard copy yeah yeah i recommend yeah. that uh because uh you need to you'll need to pass this around to a lot of people mm -hmm. and by the time mm -hmm. we finish today you'll you'll understand why i'm saying this <clears throat> christy it's in here but just quickly uh why why did you write literarily yeah um so <clears throat> i wrote literarily because i mean many reasons uh, one of which is I, in my years of helping to walk people through the Bible and even studying the Bible myself, I've been a lot of Bible studies and gone through a lot of kind of prepackaged studies. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times they assume a level of knowledge from the reader. And I think it creates a bit of a friction when you uh, produce material and maybe you talk about genre or something of that sort and the reader is a beginner and they're like i don't even know what a what a genre is <laughs> and so um one of the reasons why i wrote liter literarily is because i wanted to write something that would be a primer for someone who is either just kind of starting to uh, embark on Bible study on their own or someone who doesn't, who's not familiar with genre studies and they want to grow in their understanding of um, how the literary genres can impact uh, their study of scriptures. But also I wrote literarily because um, like a lot of people, I was accustomed to prepackaged studies mm -hmm. and inductive Bible study methods and those kinds of things. And they're really helpful, but I realized that if I just took a strict inductive Bible study approach, inductive Bible study, which I'm sure a lot of listeners on here because they love books and the book uh, will be familiar, but inductive Bible study is just a method of Bible study that helps you to understand 
um, the text by looking at three main things, by observing the text, by interpreting the text, and by applying the text. So observation, interpretation, application. What does it say? What does it mean? How do I apply it? Which is great. And I've used inductive Bible study most of my life. But what I found was a strict inductive Bible study approach just was leaving me with other questions. So if I just say, what does this text say without a sense of context or without a sense of where I am in the redemptive arc of scripture, then I'm going to I'm going to have some questions. I'm going to be missing some things. Or if I take a strict you know, observation, interpretation, application method, and I don't understand that I'm reading a proverb that's not meant to be interpreted mm -hmm. so literally, then I'm going to have problems when I come across certain passages in Proverbs and I, and I read them as if they are promises or commands rather than as proverbial mm -hmm. wisdom. And so I felt like just that strict approach was leaving me with more questions and I needed to figure out how to answer those other questions that a strict uh, inductive Bible study approach wasn't quite allowing me to do. Mm. And so thinking about uh, genre and the literary aspects within them uh, really helped me to fill in a lot of those, a lot of those gaps. It's interesting, uh, Christy, because <clears throat> you, you come to write this book and it's, um, I mean, it's one, one of the best reasons for writing a book and wanting to pass on uh, knowledge to people. It's like, okay, this is, you know, it's almost like, well, I want to, I want to learn this. <laughs> I need something's missing. Yes. And um, if it's missing uh, with me, then perhaps other folks are having the same kind of struggle when it comes mm -hmm. to Bible study. Sure. And so I, I asked Carter one time, so Carter, why, uh, who, who did you write that book for? He said, me. Right. <laughs> exactly. That is so true. <laughs> so, so in that, I mean, some of the, um, yeah, some of the best books come when a person is, is, is helping, have been helped by something and then they're helping other folks to, to grab it. I, yeah. I picked up on that. I mean, of course you say that a little bit in the book, but I picked up on the, how personal this, this was for you. Mm -hmm. um, that this is like, Sounds like you're writing from your heart, you know, yes. about this stuff. So it's not like some kind of something that's over there that's, you know, that's kind of theoretical. It's like, mm -hmm. no, this is what has helped me with understanding um, and uh, interpreting and, and applying the scripture mm -hmm. uh, better. Yeah. Um, I, I have, <clears throat> when I saw the name of your book and what you were studying, what you're going to be producing last year, and um, I'm like, wow, because Christy, I, you know, I've been reading the Bible a long time, too, like you and um, studying the, the Bible from uh, from a standpoint of it being literature has <laughs> has been missing in a lot, a lot of. Um, yeah, a lot of formal training, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's an emphasis upon language, which is good. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think people need to hear that. But. If you're not understanding the kind of literature you're dealing with, you can have some. You can understand the languages mm -hmm. and still and still miss the point of the text. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. And so yeah. I, 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 I'm like, wow, she's writing on this stuff, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, um, so I'm grateful for the book. Now I'm glad that you were. And and uh, by the way, too, 
yeah, the inductive approach uh, was, yeah, it was introduced early to us as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think people talk about genres a little bit, but not much. Kind of like in passing. That's right. Yeah. So you noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to someone about that earlier today, how um, just historically, most Bible study material um it, it doesn't really give a lot of attention to genre. Even study Bibles, they don't yeah. really like not and not in terms of not from the liter not from the literary aspect, you know. And so I think you kind of miss that um it's not just a category that tells you, you know, Isaiah was a prophet or that a psalm is a poem. Like there's so much more underneath that that um the Lord would have us to see and to know and to take away just to help us to enter into script into scriptures to me with a lot less friction you know and i pick up that word from um just the idea that a lot of times when you when you open god's word and let's say you read a psalm or proverb that seems problematic um that creates instant friction when you're trying to fellowship Mm -hmm. and commune with the lord and so I'm hoping that this book will give some easy tools, strategies, tips, not just so we can be better students, but that we can be better worshipers in our mm. in our study time. And it will reduce the friction of like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to understand or approach what I read, mm-hmm. but it'll give you enough so that you can continue moving and just enjoy um fellowship in the word and not that all friction is bad i mean sometimes i mean i chase rabbits every day all day you know i see something in the word and i'm like hmm, what's that i don't know you know kind of go look and i mean in that there is some you know there's something to that but i just my concern is that a lot of times with bible study it's kind of an academic intellectual approach rather than communion um, sure. with the god of the universe I, and and, and to, I think to add to that, Christy, um, just watching how you treat how you treated these genres and the book, which is so well laid out, by the way, which I'm, I might get to that. I want to make sure I say that. Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's laid out nicely and um, it's 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 so um, accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all hear that? It's That's accessible. Prayer. That's the right? prayer. It's accessible. It, <laughs> That's re- it really prayer. is. <laughs> It really is. And so I um, <clears throat> I think that a lot of conversation today, and you can correct me if you think that, Lou, you're tripping. Uh, you can say that. Lou, you just tripping. Right. <laughs> so I think a lot of our conversation today and a lot of blow up that we're having today um, when it comes to what what the Bible is saying and what it's not saying um, as it relates to the gospel as it relates to mm-hmm. justice and other issues that are hot topics. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that confusion comes, is coming because people haven't paid. They've read their Bibles and they've perhaps um, studied and taught the Bibles, even preached them the Bible, but they haven't um, given much attention to genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. a lot of the message and themes that are so clear have not jumped out at them Mm -hmm. and so they're arguing that they're not there exactly and i think a lot of that is due to their approach and how they've been taught and trained am i crazy no sir you're not crazy that is absolutely (laughs) correct and you know without 
going there too much. And, yeah. and that's a, that's a frustration of mine too, because oftentimes there are people who, you know, we know, love and, and respect sure. over the years for their Bible knowledge. Um, but then we see that um, in the same, that, you know, there's a lot of ways to spiritualize texts, right? And there's a lot of ways to, you know, to poorly apply. And so part of one of the frustrations that I have is that when we're talking about some of these issues that we see in our day, we don't see um, how they apply to our day because we're, we're, we're either too, we don't want to, we don't, we want to kind of protect the idea that uh, maybe this prophet was speaking, you know, um, you know, to this group of people in this time. And we can't, you know, we can't make too much of it for us today when I think, no, I think the proper application for us today has to be what it meant for them then. I mean, that's just that's just basic exegesis. That's just, sure. you know, that's how we um, how we understand scriptures is we understand what it meant to the original audience and what it meant to them is what it means to us. We have to apply it to our day, but we don't come away with a different meaning than what the original author intended. Um, and so if the if the Lord's concern was for was for justice for Israel, then he has that same concern for justice uh, for people in our day. Mm. And I don't think that's a reach in scripture. That's just how you apply it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you <clears throat> you mentioned that. Yeah. This 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 approach. Um, it, 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 it's it, it makes it, you want it to end in worship. You mm. want it to end in worship, adoration of God. And. Um, and and I think also, Christy, where where I have been helped, and again you can say, okay, Lou, you you tripping now, right? <laughs> so, um, understanding genres, <laughs> let me just say it, right? Then that means that, for me as a as a as a pastor, right, and been mm -hmm. one for a little while. For me, that means that, then I cannot treat, um, my my study, first of all, like you said, my study uh, of the scripture, and, and I can't treat my even my sermon, my sermon, my message, uh, the way I the way I proclaim it mm. is going to be different if I'm considering these genres. If I'm over in Paul's letters where he's he's teaching something, and I might be able to break it one, two, three like that. Mm -hmm. I might not be able to break Esther like that. <clears throat> That's right. And I don't even know if it's supposed to be broken off like That's that. Right. It, yes. it, I mean, you've studied this a lot longer than I. Am, am I right in that? Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. And I, I mean, also, it depends on kind of, you know, your approach to um, preaching and how, you know, how you present, you know, like kind of your homiletical method. Sure. But so I think there's ways you can do that. But I think if you're preaching a narrative, it's a story you tell the story, you know, and uh, the, the story itself is powerful and has meaning. Um, and I think sometimes we, we want to chop up a story to make it kind of, to make it almost like an argument that Paul might've been making in the letters. I think maybe that's yeah, what you're trying to say. You got it. Sister. So, you know, you're an epistle, you yeah. he's making an argument and you can follow the logic of the argument. It's not the same in a story. There's an arc. There's, you know, there's characters, there's scenes, and and you have to follow the storyline uh, in a narrative. And so in that sense, yeah, you may not have like a one, two, three 
you know, kind of outline in that sense, um, but you might have a plot arc. And I think for pastors, it would be helpful in a narrative not to, like, say when you outline, or not even a pastor, but anyone who's studying and you're, and you're trying to outline a chapter or a passage, I think it's helpful not to outline it like one, two, threes and ABCs, but outline it like setting characters. Mm. Um, what's, what's the problem or the issue at hand? Um, how does that issue escalate? What's the climax? How was it resolved? Um, who, who resolved it? What does this teach me about God and his ways with humanity? And um, how do we see God active in that? And how do we see people responding to him? And, you know, I think, you know, you can even, I think just outlining ABCs and one, two, threes doesn't necessarily work as well in narratives, Mm. uh, for example. Mm. I struggled with narratives for a long time Mm. because, because of the approach that I was taught um, homiletically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And, and hermeneutically too, you know, it was, it was a way that we interpret and the way we Mm -hmm. what we what we were looking for yes and so when you come talking about stories you know these narratives Mm -hmm. and you know and and, you know plot character and these kinds of things the hero and all and it's like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute (laughs) yeah it's like you're throwing off you're throwing you're taking me out of my my comfort zone here Mm -hmm. and and i first heard my son steven um he preached a uh came back and preached a narrative out of the uh out of genesis and I'm like, man, you really handled that. How do you do that? What, how, how is that? And, uh, and so he shared with me some, some resources and things. Mm-hmm. And because I, I wasn't handling, I don't think I was handling them properly. Yeah. So your book, so let me ask you this then. So then who do you hope reads the book and, and why? <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody. The asking <laughs> author, right? Everybody, everybody. everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what, what the kinds of people that I thought would be um, helped by okay. literarily. Um, one, again, I, I said that earlier, people who maybe are just entering into, for example, I wish I had a book like this when I was just a brand new Christian trying to understand the Bible. Like, tell me about I it. I feel like my entire, just my understanding of what the Bible is, how it's laid out, how it works, this big story that it's telling me. I didn't even find that out. Like the Bible was one story until, I mean, I was <laughs> well into my Christian years. Let's just say. Um, but, you know, I wasn't a brand new Christian and I'm like, oh, the Bible. And I mean, now tons of people are writing about, you know, God's big yeah. picture and, you know, meta narrative and all this kind of stuff. But um, back then, not a lot of people were writing about it and or even kind of talking about it in Bible studies. So one one group that I thought would be helped by it, people like me, like if you are a new Christian and you you're just wanting to understand how your Bible works, you know, mm-hmm. um, that it would be helpful. Also, for people who are versed in kind of veterans in Bible study, but they never really had any teaching on genre and the literature Mm, of the Bible. mm. I feel like this would be a book that would be very appealing to um, people who are versed in their Bibles, whether they're Bible teachers or they just, you know, enjoy um, Bible study. And then, um, so those are kind of maybe the two groups. I, I wrote it to be a popular book for the average person 
because a lot of the material that I have read and researched in, um, on genre are kind of at more of an academic seminary mm -hmm. level. And even popular books that say, hey, we wrote this book for the everyday person. I'm like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know them everyday people. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not one of those everyday people, I guess. So I was like, I'm writing it for the not everyday person. <laughs> um, but, and what I mean by that is, it's not literally, I do use terms that may be unfamiliar to people. But what I tried to do was define the terms that I use so that it would be easy for people to continue to follow. And that, that was one of the problems that I also saw in a lot of books is that they would use terms and terminology and, and I, theological ideas that they kind of felt like was common knowledge. But the mm. people I'm discipling every day is like, I don't even know what that is, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I tried to write it really on a popular level that would be appealing to someone just new to Bible study or someone versed who is, who would just be appreciate learning more about mm. um, the literary genre, the literary aspects of genre and scripture. So um, yeah. And I what I found is that people are saying that, man, I'm, I've kind of a couple of different kinds of people. So there are people who saying, I can't wait to get this book because I'm just going to keep it beside my Bible so that it can be a reference when I'm about to study or teach a new genre. I can flip to that chapter in the book. I can get my hands around how to read it, how to think about it, what to look for uh, when I'm getting ready to, to teach or to study something new. But also you can read it straight through. It's not a Bible study, but there are study questions at the end of the the chapters that kind of give you a little teaser, a little practice into the concepts that we talk about within the chapter. So you can read it straight through as a as a book or as a part of your study or in a small group. I think it would be really great to kind of um, lay a foundation for the people in your group. And mm -hmm. so one other thing on history with literarily is when I first started teaching Bible study in the church where we are now, I had just a wide variety of women who were in my group, older women, no, uh, younger women, people who had never been to a Bible study before. Mm. Um, and I just realized that I had been assuming certain, you know, a certain amount of Bible knowledge. And even today we have gen a generation of young people who are unchurched at all. They have no knowledge or background of the that's Bible. Right, that's right. That's and right. so what I ended up having to do with that group is to kind of lay a foundation. And so I'm hoping literarily is an aid in that, in laying mm -hmm. a foundation where we can start on the same page. We kind of have, you know, like a firm footing. And then we build on that as we study the scriptures, as we go into epistles or, you know, or the law or whatever <laughs> we happen to be studying at uh, a given point in time. You know what, Chris, what's interesting as I was um, listening to you give just bits and pieces. We all don't want to give the, I could give the whole book away. I don't want to do that. Folks need to buy it. And it, I couldn't do that anyway because they're going to have to buy it anyway because it's just that kind of a book. But I mentioned earlier, it's really, it's laid out well. And yes, um, it is, as you mentioned, it is, it is at once a, a good reference book. It's a good book to just read. And reference, yes, yeah, sit beside you. If you're, if you're changing, going into a new genre, you can pick it up and read the chapter or the, sec the section on that. 
And listen, folks, <clears throat> the terms. <laughs> Sister Anya Wheelie is very was very careful, was very careful to um, explain these terms, and that's helpful. Okay. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> no, that that was so that was so helpful because you're right. You pick up books. It's like uh, apostrophe. What? Uh, that's a little thing that goes that goes someplace. I know it had to do with reading. It has to do. That's a punctuation mark, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's an apostrophe. <laughs> and it's like okay. <laughs> so no, Chrissy. So that that was really really helpful. And and I was reading. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you who I want to read this book. Can I can I do that? <laughs> Please tell me. Yes. That way I can change my answer the next time. <laughs> you you said all this. <laughs> I think yeah. Anyone. First of all. A believer, brand new believer, like you said, brand new believer, uh, um, just getting acquainted with the Bible. It's mu it's a must. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that, yeah, because, you no, know, back in the day, Chris, you remember this. People get they get saved. They come to know the Lord and say, OK, read the Gospel of John. Right. Read the Gospel of John. It's like and so they pick up John and they don't have any idea what, what kind of um, what to expect. Sure. You, you get you're getting Jesus. Um into all of his splendor and glory mm. and, and the signs and all of that is interactions with people. And, and you see the beauty and the wonder of our savior mm. um, and all his saving majestic power. And, it, and yeah, he's mm. God in the flesh and you get all of that. Uh, but it'd be so much more helpful if they understood some things about that kind of, that kind of literature and what they could expect, mm. you know, and even if you'd say, let's go to Genesis. So I think, yeah, anyone that's new to the faith, it's just a great tool to have. And I'm like you, I wish I had this, right? You know, and, and but I'm glad we got it now. Yeah. I think yeah. anyone entrusted to with teaching the Bible at, at any level, whether it's Sunday school, youth ministry, men's and women's studies, children's church, anyone entrusted with reading or studying or teaching the Bible, mm -hmm. they need to read this book. Yeah. I think um, it should be required um, I think they should, I should, I think it's contents being mastered should be required mm -hmm. and have some understanding of, uh, of this. I think, um, okay, here we go. Yeah. I think, um, Bible college, uh -oh. <laughs> seminary students and any other training organization, uh, they should not receive their degree without mastering the contents of this book. I mean, they're being trained to know, um, to teach the Bible or even write about it. I think they should be, they should have to read a book, this book right here. Yeah. And should, they have to master the, now if they want to go, like you said, you try to make it simple for the everyday, the real everyday people. Mm -hmm. And you've done that, sister. You really have. Thank you. <laughs> You're such a great writer. This is good, man. Oh, thank you. Uh, so if they want to get some other stuff to, you know, to add on, that's fine. Mm. But in, this needs to be mastered. Yeah, they should be able to uh, go in here and and uh, quizzed on parallelism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does that yeah, not change how you read the songs? You know. Oh, yeah. here's Justice. <laughs> hey, Justice, what's happening, boy? What's happening? <laughs> He's on the porch, y'all. He's on the porch. 
<laughs> Quit tripping, Chrissy. He's fine. <laughs> okay. I had I had to mute Justice because <laughs> so but what yeah, I think it's interesting to me that a lot of biblical studies programs, seminaries, I guess, they don't give a lot of a, attention to, to this. It's, um, it's curious to me. Like I would have thought that it would be kind of part of your basic training. But I talked to a lot of people, been to seminary, been to Bible school. And, you know, unless you, you know, had particular professors who are versed in this and they do it all the time and kind of this is their thing, like right. you're probably not going to get a whole lot of it, right? right. If you didn't have Dr. Reichen, then yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get a lot you're of trouble. But if you had Dr. Reichen, um, you're, you can almost guarantee right. <laughs> that it's been a part of your, you know, your biblical studies um, seminary program. Um, but yeah, basic understanding of life. I mean, we get this in school, right? You sure. go to grammar school, you have to learn grammar. You have to learn literature and how it works. And I was, I was saying to someone earlier today that when I think about things that I've learned in school, particularly as it relates to literature and grammar, I have used it more in my study of scripture than I've used it almost anywhere else. You know, and I write a lot, uh, but I don't use a lot of writing techniques or even evaluate books that I read in the same way. But, I, but every day I'm looking at connecting words in epistles. I'm trying to follow the logic of Paul in, you know, Romans. I'm, you know, I'm following the story arc in, in Ruth. I am listening to God's instructions to his people in, you know, Genesis. And I'm trying to get a handle on how, how God's people respond to his instructions and different things like that. And so it's, it's, I've, I feel like it's something that is very foundational uh, mm. that we can be doing using every day in our Bible study, even with kind of our inductive studies and sure. those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, the connection that you do for us um, in the book with reading prophecy and having Deuteronomy right here, mm -hmm. uh, masterful. Oh, See, God. so, and you would be surprised at, at 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 the no, you would not because this is your this is this is your your thing, this is your shtick. So you, <laughs> so you wouldn't be surprised at how many discussions I've had with young seminarians, that mm. I've had to debate with them, mm. um, about the content of a lot of, uh the prophetical books, some, even the major prophets. Yeah. Like, man, you're not really understanding that if you don't have a handle on his, on what he's using, what he's arguing from. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's wild. And they, I'm getting MDiv students mm -hmm. finishing, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's, that's masterful. So yeah. I, that's why, that's why I included seminarians and Bible college <laughs> students and yeah. pastors and, and anyone who's responsible for for handling the scripture. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Can you can, sure you can? Because again, this is your thing. Can you imagine Christy, a children's church worker mm -hmm. that's 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 doing some some studies for the children mm -hmm. and um and and they're they're doing Ruth or mm -hmm. the, Esther and they have an they have a clear understanding of the kind of material that they're working wow. with. No, that that's giving me chills right now. Yes, sir. Oh, goodness. That is transformative. <laughs> yes. It changes it everything. Says. And for a child, I mean, that's they 
that's how they process the world. Like (laughs) everything's a story. You can, I'll even talk about um, teaching children um, uh, like apocalyptic kind, you know, apocalyptic um, genre because, you know, their imaginations can, I mean, are are huge, right? And you can talk about these things in ways that are really um, easy for children to grasp because their minds are geared towards imaginative things, right? And so it's not a stretch to say something like revelation is too hard for little ones, right? You can't get bogged, no one should get bogged down into the little details of everything in revelation. I mean, gosh, it would take forever, right? And so there's so much symbolism just about on every page, every chapter, every verse. I mean, you're gonna be back and forth from Daniel Revelation and all over the Bible, really, in Revelation. So you got to keep the big picture in mind. And the big picture mm-hmm. is beautiful. It's glorious. It's where all of eternity is headed. And so yeah. why wouldn't you teach that to, to children? You have to teach that to children, right? I, I, I love the way you titled uh, the scary the scary book. The scary stuff, right? <laughs> the scary stuff. It's yeah. like, yeah. That's why so people when... stay away from it. They think it's scary, right? Well, you stay away from the climax to the story. Yes. Yes. That's mm-hmm. crazy. But we've, but we've done that. And I, mm-hmm. and, and so that's why your book is so helpful because it, it takes the, it takes the, the boogeyman out of studying a mm-hmm. book like revelation. Mm-hmm. And again, and I appreciate you saying, okay, you can't chase all of the, yeah. all of the, um, you know, the, the references. And, yeah. You know, yeah. You can't, but man, to understand the kind of literature you're dealing with and to, to know that a lot of it's figurative, mm-hmm. and uh, and that and it's be- it's a beautiful ending, mm-hmm. and it's the plan. It's not like all oh, this ended this way. It's the plan ending from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was coming to this point. Why would why would we stop? Yeah. at the sixty fifth book of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, one thing uh, I remember the first time I taught Revelation, it was kind of in a um, like a a workshop kind of setting and we were going through revelation everybody was scared nobody was like we were like oh my gosh we're we gonna i don't know if i'm gonna be able to understand this and um and this is the only time this has happened to me in teaching when we finish that workshop and we got to revelation 21 22 my entire group was in tears like oh, joyful tears and that has never happened like wow, in, in, wow. in teaching the Bible in the, that kind of setting before that, you know, people go to workshops on Bible study because, you know, they're trying to get the tools, they're trying to get the strategies, but man, we get to the end and, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Like everyone yeah. was in tears, um, partly because we got through it. <laughs> <They're glad. laughs> we realized it wasn't quite as, it wasn't as scary as we thought, but also mostly because, this this is where we're headed you know this yeah. is where all eternity is headed so yeah. i i love it and um and i do think it's really important for us to grasp and another thing i'll say about genre is and why it's so important is that when you walk through the genres from beginning to end they're telling us redemptive story they're telling us the full redemptive story right and so you you need to have a grasp on genre because 
it's helping us to know where we are in that story. So you're in the law books in the beginning, that's God giving his instructions to his people, right? Mm -hmm. And so we see that in Genesis through Deuteronomy. And then we see in the law, the history books, uh, the Old Testament narratives, we see how God's people respond to his mm -hmm. instructions, right? And you, we get that all the way from uh, Joshua and Judges down to uh, the Kings, Ruth, Esther, all mm -hmm. of those books. Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Ezra? Uh, yeah, I think. What's the last last Ezra. one? Ezra, I think. Yeah. Nehemiah, Esther. Yes. Yeah. So Ezra, Esther. Esther would Esther. be the last one. Yeah. But that's the history. That is how God's people were living out and responding to and rebelling against God's sure. instructions. And then you get to the uh, poetry books where God's people are now singing the songs and praying mm -hmm. the prayers. And you get the emotive aspects of how people respond to God's instructions. And um, and then you get the wisdom books, and that's God's instructions lived out. Like, how do we live wisely in the world under God's instruction? And then you get the prophecies, and they're giving us, they're reiterating God's instructions, like, like we just said in Isaiah, Jeremiah. You have to have the the law books, especially Deuteronomy. You have to have that. Hold it, Christy. I got to say this. Yeah. Your treatment, it was, it was small, but your treatment of Job was masterful. Oh, oh praise it was. That was. I mean, that was. I mean, if, if so many people understood, because Job's friends, yeah, they say some pretty good stuff, but it's like <laughs> sometimes it's crazy, right? It's yeah. like, hey, you guys. But the, yeah, your treatment of that little segment that you oh. dealt with Job was masterful. Now, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're at the yeah. law. You're at the prophet. So then we got the wisdom yeah. books, and they're yeah. telling us, you know, how to live wisely in the world under God's instruction. Then you have the prophets, and they're giving us reiterating God's instructions, like, y'all. Let me warn you, if you don't follow what he said, this is going to happen. If you do, you know, this is hope and blessing and, and joy for you. And God has a remnant. Y'all going to wild out. You're not, we know you're not going to obey, but you know, the, the prophets are holding out that hope and giving them both the warning and also the hope uh, for the future. And then you get from the prophets, you get um, the gospels and that's God's instructions personified like mm -hmm. in the person of Jesus Christ you see his instructions that no one could obey in any in all of history but his only son God in the flesh Jesus mm -hmm. Christ God's instructions embodied in a person Jesus Christ and then you get the epistles and those are God's instructions now given to the church and then you get to the apocalypse the mm -hmm. apocalyptic literature revelation and that's God's instructions um, glorified in his mm. wife, the church, and how we get to enjoy um, fellowship with God uh, uh, at, at the, well, I won't even want to say at the end of time, but like in, sure. you know, um, in eternity. And so we see how the full story plays out from God giving us those instructions in the, in the law, and then now how it's carried all the way forward um, mm. to the glorification and um, our home with him in heaven when we won't need any kind of sacrifices or That's right. That's even, right. yeah. you know, we won't need even repentance because God now uh, we are dwelling with him mm. um, fully and finally. And so I think understanding that it just gives you the full picture of, sure. of history. Um, and it also helps us to know where we are in that story. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm in Ezekiel, then I know that I'm in the part of um, this story where 
God has given his instructions, his people have rebelled, and now the prophets have to go back and remind and warn and provide hope. And that's just good contextually to know where you are in the story. Yeah, and it, 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 you know, it keeps the Bible together Mm -hmm. while you're considering the different genres. And something else you said in the book, too, is that, you know, um, you got to, you have to keep these pieces, make sure they keep them separate while they're a part of the main story. Yeah. Right. So you have Matthew's gospel. It's part of it's part yeah. of the the, the, the uh, redemptive history. But mm-hmm. it's 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 Matthew's gospel in its own right. Yeah. So it wouldn't be it's not. And I'm glad you said this. It's not really helpful to run too many comparisons. Yeah. <laughs> between what Matthew says or what Mark says, which is believed to be the first one and mm-hmm. between the, the synoptics. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a profitable study if, but that's, it doesn't have, you have to study that way. And I don't know if it's even helpful because you miss what Matthew is saying. Exactly. That's and right. so you miss Matthew's part in the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you try to blend him with, try to blend Matthew, Mark and Luke. Yeah, that's right. They weren't meant to be blended. Right. And if they were, he yeah. would have just given us, one gospel with everything in one. it, you know. It would have been one. All those parts are are, are necessary for yeah. this 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 musical symphony of redemption. Mm-hmm. All those parts like that. that are played are important, mm-hmm. and sometimes they go off on riffs, like yeah. like a good like a good like a good, a good jazz, traditional jazz. jazz. Right. right, the horn is gone. Yes. Right, he's killing it. Right, mm-hmm. but you keep but you hear you hear the melody. That's still being played softly, and when he gets done, boom, 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 right, boom, boom, and he's care, he's gone, bye, bye. But then when he gets done, boom, boom, boom there's the melody. That's he, right. It's still being carried, and so we, so yeah, Matthew might have a nice riff, Luke might have one, John, in his first epistle, mm-hmm. might have a nice riff mm-hmm. that's different from the third one. That's right. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that that was so helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, Christy. I know, and uh, I, it's hard for me to, to, to do interviews sometimes of books that I'm just totally biased. <laughs> but this is a so this is so helpful. It's going to be so helpful. I'm, I know the Lord's going to really be uh, use it to bear a lot of fruit, sister. Mm-hmm. You've Praise done God. good work here, and I'm glad. I got one more question to ask you, mm-hmm. right? Um, two, two more questions. Okay. <laughs> They're short ones. Okay. Easy. So. What authors influenced you most for this project? I always wonder, okay, um, I read you. I'm reading you, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you reading? (laughs) I'm like that too. I'm always, even when I'm reading books, I'm like, I'll go to the, um, to the bibliography at the very beginning, like before I even start the book. Who do they, where do they get their information from? I want to know. I mean, you must, absolutely must read everything that Dr. Leland Riken has written on literature in the, I mean, he literally wrote the book. I mean, he has an ESV literary study Bible and is really helpful. Um, so I pretty much read a lot of, a lot of what he has written. I read, um, Doug Moo and what's the, the, how to read, how to read, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Mm. Uh, that's really helpful. And it, again, it walks you through genre and, um, kind of how to approach studying them. I think that's really helpful. Um, 
What would be another one? Mm. Well, shoot, girl, oh, you said. You know what else? Go ahead. I, I, this, okay, not everybody's going to want to read this. So <laughs> this is nerd moment. Okay. But <laughs> the series, uh, I'm going to show it to Pastor Lou, but he'll have to make sure y'all can have access to it. This right here is called uh, Handbooks for Old Testament Exegesis, Handbooks, and there's Handbooks for New Testament Exegesis. I love these books. I read it like it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty positive it's not meant to be read. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> it's very, I know, it's, they're very technical, and I would say that it's for people yeah, who just kind of have that more technical academic bent. Like What's you would the name, have, the name again? have a little bit of that interest. But they have these for every genre. And they're What's super, the name of it? super helpful. What's the series? The series is Handbooks for Old Testament Exegesis. Okay. And then there's the Handbooks for New Testament Exegesis. And yeah, and they go through pretty much every genre and wow. they're super duper good. They, when I say they're technical because he also gets into stuff that I don't understand like Greek and Hebrew, but uh, <laughs> so, but I read those, I've read those chapters too. And it was helpful. Wow. I just, I just couldn't read the words that were on there. <laughs> I had to put my Bible beside it so I could read it in English, but really super helpful books. Oh, um, I love them all. Yeah, so. some, it's some nerdy folks listening. It's yeah. going to come up on the porch. Oh, yeah. And check yeah, and listen, yeah. right? Are, yeah, are I you? got the whole series. Once I, I started getting them piecemeal, and I was like, you know what? Let me just let me just, let go, me just go on and get this whole series. He's messing around. You don't need messing oh, around. Just does. get it. Yeah, you can get the Logos package, too. And I also use Logos. I do a lot of, you know. So they have it on. So I don't have to look. It's out there on Logos. Okay, Logos. Yeah, logos, Logos. logos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of Dr. Riken stuff is on Logos as well. I have every bit of it. Yeah. I have everything. <laughs> <laughs> you got I went, the I went out there. I went out there and I went out there and logos package. No, I didn't. That's not the way I did. I I have platinum logos, logos. logos. Yeah. And then from that point, I just um I build my library yeah. myself yeah. because yeah. going beyond that, much things I'm not ever 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 right, going right. to use. <laughs> so I just went out there and searched his name, ah. right? And I downloaded um. Yeah, I downloaded. Oh. I already had the the um, words of delight. I had that. Um, mm -hmm. I had that um, for years now. Yeah. But that's, but it's on Logos. I got it because it's, you know, because of the scripture references is easier the way it drops down and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah. then it, since I was out there, mm -hmm. I got I know I don't know just a five or six others where mm -hmm. he. And they're like workbooks. They're like little, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are great. Yeah. yeah. So when I say get all his stuff, that's, that's what I'm talking about. He has all these um, little uh, literary study guides for each genre. And and I have, helpful. and I went out on and got him on YouTube. Yeah. Um, one of Ooh. his studies on YouTube as well. Oh, I haven't so done I, that. Yeah. He has a, where he, yeah, he's actually teaching uh, several, several mm. lectures. Okay. And so Ooh, I just, I, I just. Well, you do, yeah. I just bookmarked it or something, so I yeah. have that too. Yeah, but, but well, you know what? So I think as to read literarily and write a little endorsement for it, and I was like, <laughs> you know, fangirl to the to the max. <laughs> well, you know what? To, to be so to be appreciative. Honest, 
I'm a I am a fan of Dr. Riken, and before I knew he had endorsed your book, I'm like, this book is the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 so now at that I was I I didn't know he had endorsed until I was almost way done with your book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and um because I I'm like you, I go look at especially if the if the bibliography's in the back, not at yeah. the end of each chapter. I I sometimes go at the very beginning and look back there at the bibliography yeah. and see what's mm-hmm. out there. So I was close to the end. And then I went back and started looking through. And that's when I actually noticed that he had endorsed the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like I was already, I was already sold. Yeah. I mean, no. I was his student and I've never been in his class. So I just like, you, this you was, know, this is really well, my last question, a lot of time in his stuff. So yeah, it's good. This is, this is a question that, that, um, I've got, a, I've learned a lot from, right. And so I ask it, hoping that the folks that come on the porch that y'all get a, y'all will get a lot on from this too. What's the best writing advice you've ever gotten? <sighs> Uh, I'm laughing because it's not going to sound like great advice, but <laughs> it's the best <laughs> hey, advice it worked I've for you. Gotten. It's going to work for someone else. Yes. Um, and I'm loosely paraphrasing. Okay. Write trash. <laughs> you know, like, it's okay if what you initially write feels like trash, like there's nothing there, you know? It's better because your first draft of anything is just a first draft. Like, and this is actually probably better advice. (laughs) The real writing happens in the revision. And I think a lot of people, when they write, they're expecting their first draft to be like, you know, close to Mm. finish. When really your first draft, you're literally just getting started. You're just getting started. You're just getting words on a page. And maybe that's a better way to put it. Don't write trash, but just put words on the page. <laughs> but, and I'll say it like that because I know there've been many times when I've written something and after I've written it, I'm like, that's trash. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing here. I, I don't know what anybody's ever going to get out of this is, is horrible. Um, and then I remember, Oh, you get to edit. So <laughs> editing <laughs> is the fun part. And that's when you get to, you know, put icing on the cake. Mm. Right. Um, and you put sugar in the batter. Right. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think just be okay with, um, writing that first draft and understanding that it's it's not really the polish that you're looking for in the first draft. It's just making sure that you have words on the page and then you mm. edit. And that's the fun part where you get to really make it, you know, polish it up, get feedback, um, make changes and make it better. And mm-hmm. I will have to say that even with literarily, when I finished the first draft, I was, I already knew there were so many things that I wanted to change and correct. And uh, I was anxious to get into the editing process uh, because I could, there were so many things that I wanted to, you know, kind of change and move around. Um, and then by the time we got to the final product, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, <laughs> you, this might you work. Have, you know, I'm so grateful. <laughs> You helped me. <laughs> oh, wow. So wow. like the uh what is it? The um the reel or 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 TikTok that says uh, when they say Holy Spirit activate. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit activated and 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 did his work. So I'm thankful for that. So Amen. Mm-hmm. 
this has been such a joy talking with you. Likewise. You, you. I, we don't get this time because you and Thabiti are always like, what? Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm jealous, but I hear y'all laughing and talking and joking. <laughs> In the time. midst of, T and I have had some very, very serious conversations, but yeah, none I'm of them sure. have ever been without all kinds of laughter mm -hmm. and joy. So, yeah. And this is just, this is just... I'm telling you, this has been just as fun, Tabidi. This has been just as fun. I want to tell you that. I've enjoyed it so much, Chris. I, I thank you for coming up on the front porch. I have one more thing. Uh, in the back of your book, you have a <clears throat> little excerpt in there about the Crete Collective. Now, what's important about the Crete Collective when it comes to your book, Christy? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I have, it's been just the hugest honor for me that the Creek Collective chose um, literarily as its first imprint. So Say that one more time. Say that one more time. First imprint. <laughs> so what that means is the Creek Collective is um, a network that seeks to um, help churches in urban communities and communities of color um, to get rooted and established in those communities. And um, to help church planters and churches grow in that way. And so literarily, um, and so an imprint is basically a way for a ministry or a, or a group to kind of um, launch a line of material that they think falls in line with their mission and their vision and their values and their goals. And so it's an honor for me that the Creek Collective um, would select literarily um, as the first book in that line because when you think of a book like Literarily, you don't normally think urban community <laughs> um, mm. or that it would be useful in that context. And so, but what Creek Collective is doing is kind of a layered approach to not only um, producing materials that would be direct to consumer <laughs> in, in one right. sense, direct to community, but also helpful for church leaders, Bible study teachers. Um, and so um, hopeful that literarily would be helpful even in that context of equipping pastors and church leaders, church members uh, to be more effectively, um, not only for their, for their own heart and soul to be ministered to and to receive God's word, but also to be able to give it out in their communities. So yes, I'm very excited about it. So yeah, in the back, it uh we have like a nice little creek collective yeah shout out um and in future editions of the book we will have a nice little creek collective logo to mark it out specifically as a creek collective a part of the creek collective collection the very first the very first <laughs> the yes. very first what is it i don't know how you would say it it's first the very first book in the certainly yeah this mm -hmm. is that that's exciting yes, Chrissy, that I, couldn't, exciting. I can't think of a better book to to launch our imprint with than yeah. literarily. Yeah. Uh, because of everything that we're going to be doing that the Creek Collective does in uh, planting churches and, and uh, serving communities, uh, the basis of that is is the word of God, is introducing people uh, to Jesus. And uh, in order to do that uh, and teach about him we, we have to know and be able to explain and teach the scripture. 
your book is a great a great launch for that. So again, double grateful for you, sister, um, you. for, ser for you. serving the Creek Collective so well. Oh and, man, uh, it's, it's such a great book that I'm sure is is just going to have all kinds of traction for many many years, mm, many many years. God. I pray so. Glad you joined us. Yeah, it's been amazing, and I am so thankful for the time. Thank you for letting me introduce folks to literarily. And I just pray it's useful and can't wait to hear how the Lord uses it to grow his people and to I'm, I'm, just draw us into deeper fellowship with him. I'm sure you'll be hearing rather quickly as soon <laughs> as soon as as soon as it hits the stands. Uh, I'm sure you will be hearing it. Uh, Sister, thank you so much. And I, I need a promise from you when you when you don't ever let me don't ever let me uh not get you on the porch when you write again. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I'm getting old. The mind ain't what it used to be. Uh, so, yeah. hey, Lou, you say, Lou, now you're supposed to, I'm supposed to be on the porch now. All right, just let me know, okay? I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you uh, know. Well, I'm already working on the next one, so I'll have to you let you know. Can sneak peek? Can we get a sneak idea? Or you want to hold off? Well, I will say this, that it's still on the on genre, but it'll be a Bible study proper. So it'll be a, oh, a Bible study that is specific to genre. Oh my goodness. I'm looking forward to that sister. And you know, cause it, every one of these chapters could have been a book, could oh, yeah, be a book link sure. in itself. Sure. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us on the porch until next time. May the Lord bless you real good. <laughs>